of all the different weapons we have, none is as powerful or destructive as one that you brought with you this morning. I think some of y'all probably know where I'm going with this. There was your sneak, sneak peek. We are taking a one-week step away from Revelation because after much prayer and fire in my belly about something, I decided we need, I think God wants us to talk about something else, especially as we head into a contentious election cycle. We're going to talk about your most dangerous weapon, and that is your tongue. The power to build up, the power to destroy. And we destroy people with our tongues without even realizing it. Amen? And we've got to be mindful of the power that God has entrusted to us and think about the nature of our speech uh, as Christians. Something that we ought to have learned as children, and that is we can't just say whatever we want. And especially as citizens of the kingdom of God, we have to recognize the power of speech and the, the importance of us using our speech uh, in light of that power as Christians in this world. And it's, uh, it's First Amendment notwithstanding, and this is something that we, you know, uh, got to recognize our words have consequences. Whether you're doing a national viral campaign that everyone in the country starts to recognize, or whether you're talking to your spouse, your words have consequences. Our tongue is like a weapon, and that's why Jesus, in Matthew chapter 12, really draws out a strong teaching about our, about our words He's talking in response to the Pharisees who are saying to him, you know, you ought not be doing these things. You must be operating by the power of Satan. And Jesus goes on to really emphasize the point. Hey, look at my works. Look what I'm doing and what I'm saying. Uh, You know a tree by by its fruit, he says. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers. This is Matthew chapter 12, if, you wanna, if you're going there. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 following. Brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil, evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you are condemned. Anyone of you who is angry with his brother, this is Matthew chapter 5, will be liable to judgment. Listen to the words of Jesus this morning, please. Jesus, open our hearts to what you know. We need to have a revolution in how we think about our speech. Listen to the life-changing words of Jesus Christ here. I say to you, Jesus says, that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to hellfire. This isn't some 
hellfire preacher standing up here saying this. These are the words of Jesus Christ drawing out a point for us. Your words matter. It matters what you say. And I don't know about y'all, but how many more statements do we see calling people fools on Facebook before we say, "Uh uh-oh, we've got a problem. And this is the moment, church, for us to show the world what Jesus has called us to as a human race. The church ought to be showing the world an alternative to the vitriol, the nastiness. We can lament where we are as a society and say, this this ain't good. But it's not enough to just lament that things are broken. The church is there to provide an alternative to the brokenness of our society. That's what our calling is. Jesus has called us to be careful and cautious in how we use our speech and our words. We've got to recognize that words are so very important. Matthew chapter 15, Jesus says, Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. This is in Matthew 15, 17 following. From out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. In other words, all the evil we see in the world comes out of evil intentions in men and women's hearts. That's the source of it. Yes, Satan is involved, no question about it. But this is what it comes from. The brokenness comes from our evil thoughts and intentions. These acts, Jesus says... evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Jesus is being criticized for doing something that the Pharisees thought was against the law. And he's saying, look, what really matters is what you're saying. What really matters is, is the life that's flowing out of your heart. What is flowing out of your heart? the careless words that we speak, to think about the damage that they do, the impact that they have. Can we make a commitment to each other for the next two months to share nothing but words that affirm and build up God's creation rather than slander and tear down other people? Could y'all join me in a commitment to do that? It's going to be... It's like kind of vowing to fast during Thanksgiving, right? I mean, we're heading toward election time. This is when we want to share those posts. This is the time to share them. Some posts we shouldn't be sharing. Amen? When you share it, you are saying it. That's your words. Even if someone else wrote it, that's your speech that you're sharing. And Jesus warns us about our speech. In Jude chapter 1, Uh, God says this, whenever the archangel Michael contending with the devil, we're not talking about just some, some person down the road here. We're talking about the archangel Michael. Whenever he was feuding with the devil, was disputing about things, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment. In other words, even when the archangel Michael is arguing with Satan... He is careful about how he accuses Satan. He says instead, the Lord rebuke you. That's what the archangel Michael said. 
we have to recognize this. This weapon that we wield has impact not only on the people that are receiving our words, but on our own soul, on our heart itself. And so we think about, well, these folks I'm talking to, they need to hear some of this stuff. Well, the archangel Michael was filtered in his speech towards Satan. So whenever you're going to post that next post, think about that for just a moment. No matter who you're talking to, even if they are on the polar opposite of the political spectrum from you, they are not Satan incarnate. They are still a child creature of God Almighty. So some tips this morning to think about as we try to live this out, because as Proverbs says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise, but when he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. And that old expression that I've so often thought about myself when it says, um, it's better to be, can someone help me with this? It's better to keep your mouth shut and be assumed. Uh, see, I can't even remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that. It's better to keep my mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. Um, but as James says, there, wherefore, that's not a very good thing to, as a preacher, that's not good that I'm thinking that about myself. Anyway, I try to preach the word of God, not my own words. Uh, James chapter 1, Wherefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, let everyone be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's advice for today, isn't it? To be swift to, to, be, uh, swift to hear, to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and also able to bridle his whole body. And then Paul in Ephesians. I know I'm reading a lot of passages to you, but this, the point is, this is, an, this is a, the nature of the church and how the church folks talk. And Paul says in Ephesians, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is good for the use of edifying, that you may minister grace unto the hearers. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is beneficial to build up those that are listening to you. Sometimes we take our words and we disguise them a little bit. You know, we think, well, if I just sugarcoat it a little bit, I can still get my jab in there. Y'all with me? It's kind of like me wanting to wear a vest this time of year, thinking it's going to kind of hide that. That gut's still in there. Y'all know that. It's still there. I can, I can even zip it up, but we all know I'm not hiding it very well. We do that with our words too, folks. And it's challenging. We've got to recognize that as the Bible teaches us, the words are an overflow of what's happening in your heart. And if you have a speech problem, you might actually have a heart problem is what we learn. But the good news is that God gives us an opportunity. In Scripture, it talks about in Jeremiah, He will give us a new heart. He gives us the chance for renewal and restoration. We aren't doomed to be heartless or uh, bitter with our words. It is a supernatural transformation that's needed, but it's one that Jesus himself offers to us if we turn to him and seek his help. And so that's my first solution here we got to recognize. Jesus himself is the one. 
that can fix this problem in your life if you have a problem with speech. Because like I said, it, it, it's, it, you need a renovation of the heart, right? Uh, and that illustration I've shared before, which I've always found so helpful to me, about the, the, the trash in the creek, you know. You go down there, you can clean up the trash over and over and over again, but until you get to the source of that, you're never going to have it completely clean. And the source of our speech is that which is in our hearts. And so the first step is to turn to the Lord. But there are some practical things that we can do because it's always challenging to keep our head clear. And as we think about what we want to say to people around us, whether it's in a conversation or on Facebook, here are some tips. Think. That's the acronym. Think. I want us to think before we talk about stuff. I want us to think before we share things, okay? Number one, is it thoughtful? And this, this will help us to pursue what Paul called us to, that very high calling, to let no corrupt talk come out of our mouth, but only that which builds people up. Is it thoughtful? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? A lot of our speech might get removed after it goes through this filter. But James says to be slow to speak. I think a a better filter is needed. Do y'all? I think if everyone in our society had a filter with this, could you imagine we'd be living in heaven on earth? We really would. And it's our job as the church to, to give people a taste of heaven, to say this is what it looks like whenever we are careful with our speech whenever we recognize the destructive nature of our, of our tongue, and whenever we start to wield it accordingly, with care and caution, no longer careless, as Jesus said, but thoughtful and concerned not just about the point we want to make, but about the welfare of the other, because that's our calling after all. Love God, and what else? Love your neighbor. That's our two greatest commands. And nowhere in there does Jesus say, and here's the third command, get your point across. That's not in the deal. It says, love God. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law is fulfilled in those two commandments, Jesus said. If you're doing that, you're good to go. And I know that there are issues that we are passionate about. And no one is arguing that we ignore those things. And I'll speak from this pulpit here about my particular view that I believe is biblical. That abortion is wrong. That it is the killing of a baby. Okay? And that's one of many examples of ways that we get tangled up because there are issues that we care about. And then we think, how do I get into the political arena and discourse and advocate for those things? Because you can, get t- you can get drawn into a vitriolic thing and you lose your own standing on your argument because of the type of speech that we use. It is not only possible, it is our calling to stand up for the things we believe in in ways that honor and glorify Jesus Christ. Amen? And it's not okay for us to resort to destructive speech to get our points across. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus set the standard for perfection while never sinning against another person with his speech. And we try to follow his example together. So I want to encourage you to 
spend some time this morning as we have a song of invitation in prayer to the Lord. You may not know this song, um, but this song is, is one of those songs we sing that's kind of like a prayer. It's called Just For Today, and the idea is, Lord, give me the strength just for today to walk along your path and to do this the way you've called me to do it. Remembering that we are here for each other, to get, a, get each other through the challenges of this world, and to keep one another encouraged. Let's stand and have this time of invitation together. Come, come talk to me if you need prayers or support this morning.